G'day legends and welcome to another episode of Off Air, the new sport and pop podcast where Nick Stewart and myself, Tim Rubin, pull apart our three biggest stories of the week. But as usual, uh, I surprise Nick with the stories. He has no idea what we're going to talk about. So instead, I'll give you a little teaser before we get into it. This week on the podcast, we're talking Conor McGregor and his third retirement now from the UFC. Will it be his last? Plus, the Harry Potter world is being torn apart over trans rights issues. And Big Brother Australia has finally relaunched. We're going to get into whether or not we care and what other reality shows we secretly like instead. It's all inside Off Air, Episode 6. Tim, Nick, yeah, and with Nick, Nick and Tim, it's real talk, yeah. it's real walk, this ain't gossip, it's just what we say when we're all here, it's real talk, it's real talk, just two opinions, we spit what we say, we all here, it's real talk, it's true talk, it's two opinions, we spit what we say when we all here, and we're live, we're connected, hello Nick Stewart, how are you? I am in a world of hurt, Tim Rue, but I started back at F45, that crazy cult, uh, and now it hurts to get up off the toilet, which is a lovely experience. Um, good for you for getting back into the gym. You've had no. a real... What do you mean? Oh, no. it's horrible. Working out is the bane of my... Ex- what happens is, and you know this better than anyone, I abuse my body to the point where I have to work out and then I'll binge on working out and then it's straight back to the sweet abuse. And that's the phase mm. I love the most. <laughs> Nick has a great, you've got a great relationship with, um, it's like you have one hole in your life and it's either filled by your girlfriend or really decadent, or your fiance, <laughs> sorry, or really decadent foods. And I know when, whenever we catch up and you're like, yeah, jazz is away for the week. I'm like, what are you, what are you eating? And oh, I yeah. know that it's going to be something insane. Yeah. I love just like cooking a two and a half kilo pork belly to myself and oh my sitting God. at home and eating it over a three day period. It's unbelievable. <laughs> I've done it since I was a teenager though. So it's, it's look, it's a reality. And sometimes you got to get your ass kicked and sometimes it hurts to poo. And that's where I'm at <laughs> in the cycle at the moment. Good. Okay. And um, you have a particularly, you've got like a weird recording setup as well. So you're crouched on the floor. Is that, are you feeling I that? I know. Oh, the burn is so bad. I sent it because there's no, look, we don't want to get too bogged down before the stories, but there's nowhere in my house where I can line the microphone up with my face. So I'm currently sort of in a squat position uh, over the top of it, which is great for the quads. I've got to be honest with you. They're not on fire or shaking at all. <laughs> Um, before we, uh, before we get into our stories this morning, um, I just want to throw back a little bit to last week where we started off by not speaking about the Black Lives Matter, uh, movements and and protests that have been happening around the world and and in Australia as well. Um, and, and I think we started off especially by saying, we both acknowledge that we are the worst people to be speaking about these things. So it was kind of difficult for us because as two white, um, straight, 30-year-old guys, really our opinion is like super irrelevant on all of this stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, But we actually got a message just off the back of the the off-air jingle that we play that we love, um, which is by a friend of mine whose name is James Hollands. Um, James is, his background is Maori, Irish, Tongan, Samoan, and Tokelau. Um, and he wrote to me and I, I thought he wrote a really interesting thing. So I would read it out. I'd love he to said, hear it. Talented artist as well, man. I love that jingle. 
Yeah, he's a great guy. Uh, he wrote, hi, mate. Hi, mate. Love the podcast. Great as usual. Thank you. Um, my two cents, if you really want to support Black Lives Matter, he said, talk about and learn the issues affecting First Nation Indigenous uh, people in Australia, uh, the effects of colonization, deaths in police and government custody, health, land rights and being recognized. And then he said, the Yoda Yoda tribe has done a lot for human rights in this country, learning about the many nations and sovereigns who make up this continent starts at home he said hope that helps james so i wanted to make sure that that got a voice on our podcast um especially because as we keep saying we don't know anything about this stuff so we're just sharing kind of our thoughts so thanks for that james i really appreciate it uh he is bang on as well i actually ended up a little bit later in the week having a conversation with a, a, an amazing woman called lizzie adams who's an elder uh really well respected across Queensland and runs uh, a foundation called the Gulberry Aboriginal Health Foundation. I had a chat to her for about two hours on Thursday and I came out of that conversation feeling more ignorant than I did at the start. So we're having lunch a little bit later this week and I can really like in nine, she was born in 1966 and at that point in time was not classed as a human being by the Australian government. Yeah. It was sixty-seven that yeah. um that, that act was changed. Is that right? Yeah. 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 Wow. So, yeah, crazy stuff. But thank you, James, for contributing to the conversation as well. Because we were the two least qualified people to discuss. Yeah. <laughs> but it didn't stop us. <laughs> <laughs> or a bunch of other podcasters, I might add, and and radio hosts. And it came across as so entitled and fucking mm. lame. So just now is not the time for people like us to talk. It's the time for people like us to listen. Yeah. Um, And if any of our other listeners have anything that they want to add, we would always love to hear it. Should we get started, Nick? Three stories each from the week. We pull them apart. You have no idea what they're about to be. We ready? Let's do it. Story number one, Conor McGregor, the fighter, retires from the UFC for the third time. Nick, have you seen it? What do you think? I did see this. Uh, I'd lo- actually, I'd love to throw this straight back at you because I know mm-hmm. you're a massive Conor McGregor fan. We're both, uh, we both follow the UFC a little bit. I'd yeah. say you probably a little bit more than me, but I, you, Conor McGregor's your man. So where do you stand on this? Conor McGregor's not, I don't know, what, what makes you think that he's my man? I thought I you wrote a little song from. at one point and then you did a whole radio skit about him. I thought it was, I thought he, you were all in on Conor. No, I was a fan of him like when he was really in his heyday. Like I was very excited when he was fighting Floyd Mayweather, a fight that I think any UFC or boxing fan at heart knew he was going to lose. Um but uh yeah, no, I liked him. I to be honest, I'm sick of it though. And I think like can there be a rule that you can only have so many retirements? Is he just going to keep on popping in and out of the industry forever now? Like yeah, how many is yeah. enough? I mean, it's until he gets, he's retired until he gets a favorable fight. I mean, all these guys, look, if he came out and this is where it gets really interesting because there's another really high profile fighter, not, I would say, well known if you even casually follow the UFC, but probably less so out of it called George St. Pierre. And he retired initially at about 28 years old because he was really, really concerned about CTE. Um, yeah, well, he started his his head was fucked because yeah, Derek st- wouldn't remember things from mem- like I've read that he thought that he was abducted by aliens yeah. for a period of time. So if you heard this, yeah, okay, so no, 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 that's G- legit. Yeah, that was that yeah. was an actual thing, and then he did come back and fight in he a, a little bit later, 
But if Conor McGregor came Michael, out, he, yeah. he came back and fought Michael Bisping and yes. and won. Yeah, and, and got the belt and then retired again. Yeah, yeah, and that was more to challenge himself. But if Conor yeah. McGregor came out and said, "Hey, it's a health thing," but ultimately, look, without getting too sporty, there's maybe three fights people would like to see, and in all three of those fights, Conor McGregor is probably going to lose. And what do you so, think? What do people want to see? Uh, I think Khabib? It, yeah, people would like to see a Kabib rematch and Connor would yeah. definitely lose that. A Tony yeah. Ferguson fight from the sounds of things people would love to see. Uh, you think, well, apparently he was offered that and um, he refused it. Yeah, because um, he knows he's going to, that that's the problem. I think he knows he's a, a, a bit of a step shorter. He He's just come mm. off a win against Cerrone, uh, uh, Cowboy Cerrone, where he looked really impressive. Against and someone who's like 15 years older than him exactly and on right. the edge of actual retirement. He made who's $48 million last year. Oh, well, the third would be a Floyd rematch, I think. Oh, right, right. And that's, Which, like, um, again, cross-sport, but again, he'd probably lose. In in another boxing match? Yeah, yeah. Oh, well, Floyd Mayweather's never going to get in an octagon. There is not enough money in the world to... Not a billion dollars would make... Because he would just get his ass handed to him. Oh, yeah. It's one of those sports where you can... A UFC guy can get in a ring, but it, but a boxer can maybe the only boxer ever that could have is Mike Tyson. Do you think? Do you think that he's done now? Do you think that he's actually finished nah. third and final retirement, or is he just going to yo-yo back and forth? And also, the other thing that I notice is people care less and less every time. So because well, we don't believe him, he's the boy that yeah. cried wolf. Like, no, I, I think he will come back when there's a fight that's the right fight for him at the right money. I think he was the third highest paid. Uh, this is off the top of my head, but I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure he was the third highest paid combat athlete last year and earned about $48 million only. And he uh, had one fight. Exactly. And and the and it and lasted 20 seconds. Exactly right. And the year before that, he earned uh, over $108 million fighting Floyd Mayweather. So the guy's rich and he has proper 12 whiskey. He's got a legacy. If he was smart, he would never fight again. That would be what I would say. Yeah, yeah. There's nothing left for him to win. This is the thing that I always wonder as well is like you can see you can see that urge in these guys that they're at the top of the game. They love being challenged. They love the act of fighting. But at the same time, when once you've won that many belts, what is he doing it for anymore? And well, yeah, and he's a showman. Like, like he's not yeah. a he's not like the Diaz brothers who just no, they just, just love fighting. Out. He love he loves the show of it. He won't fight unless he is the absolute no. headline act. And so well, the, yeah. the energy that it takes because I had I've I've dabbled in boxing and I've had one amateur boxing match um, that happened last year. One more than me, man. Own it. <laughs> Nick, the amount of energy that I put into that, tw- I think it was 10 or, 10 or 12 weeks of training. It's fucking huge. Like people don't realize when people are saying like, Oh, why doesn't he just have another fight? You don't just step into the ring or step into the octagon like that day. This is like, for me, it was three months of three or four months of my life. For these guys at that level of money, we're probably talking about six months, really, worth of like tight, tight training. It's a huge, huge commitment. You have to eat it, sleep it. It would be the only thing that you're thinking about. You'd be watching videos every single day of the person that you're going to be fighting against. It's a huge commitment. So that to put that much energy into something, you've got to want to do it. Yeah. I don't, 
yeah, once you've won that many times, I reckon he's done. I think you're totally right. There's no reason for him to keep going. And I hope that he stays retired this time. Yeah. And the only smarter thing he could have, like, athletes in general don't get to walk away. Like, that's it's like the the, the myth of MJ leaving after the shot in, um, you know, in his last season with the Bulls. He still yeah, came back and played. That final moment from the last dance. Yeah, yeah, but he still came back and played two years with the Wizards. Athletes rarely get to uh, retire at the absolute top of their game. It only could yeah. have been better if he came out straight after the Cerrone fight and retired. But walk away a winner, man. You know, walk away after a brilliant fight where you're a winner and you're rich and you look after your family. Yeah, love it. All right, that's that's been put to bed. Story number two. Yeah, let's do it. Story number two. J.K. Rowling and Daniel Radcliffe clash over trans rights. Nick, have you seen this? What do you think? Okay, I have seen a little bit about this. And I'm going to say straight off the bat that I'm not uh, educated enough to understand the conversation around around the, the trans comments, the transphobic comments that she's been accused of making. And then the, the uh, backlash from Daniel Radcliffe mm-hmm. and a number of other actors one thing that I would say that I didn't like is then is when things get retroactively made racist. Because uh, one of the biggest things that came uh, came out from this whole fallout was people started analysing the Harry Potter books and went, uh, there's a character in them called Cho Chang, uh, who's an oh, amazing yeah. character. And Harry and, Data? Does Harry go out? Yeah, I think they end up. Do you know he ends up with her? I can't, mate. I can't even. He remember. ends up with um, Ginny Weasley. Yeah, Ginny Weasley. So, um, but I think he dates he Cho Chang, or he goes to the formal or something. Yeah, yeah. There's, a, there's a pseudo yeah, relationship there. Yeah. And anyway, now the even the actress that came out and played her, they're now saying, look, that's a you know a really non fleshed out character with a pretty racially insensitive name straight off the bat. And look, I just don't think you could go back. If, if no one felt that way 20 years ago, you can't go back in time and crucify her for right. that. That's my yeah. only, that's, that's the only sort of thing I can really further this story. If you can explain the transphobic comments to me a little bit further, I, I would I appreciate the insight. Yeah, I can. Okay, so um, so basically, J.K. Rowling has been described as a TERF. This is a T-E-R-F. This is a new term that I, I only just learned about also researching this story. So a TERF stra- stands for a trans-exclusionary radical feminist. So basically what J.K. Rowling is, she is a very strong feminist, she um she doesn't actually dislike trans people. She doesn't have anything against trans people as people, but she believes that uh, calling a transgender woman a woman removes her experience of womanhood. So she, it's oh, kind of hard to explain. Okay, so yeah. is that where? Because where's the people who bleed shit come into this? I read look, yes, I read headlines yeah. to this. So where? Yeah, can you explain that part to me? Yeah, okay. So there was an article basically about um, uh, sanitary products needing to be um, handed out during the COVID crisis. And in it, and I'm kind of paraphrasing here, it said it needs to be handed out to um, women or people who menstruate. And she, this is the thing that confuses me is because this was a tweet. So she's found that article and she's tweeted the article and then done the little asterisk and said, AKA women. 
and she's kind of having a stab at um or it, it said um uh women or non-binary uh people or uh, girls and she has kind of corrected them and said women and basically what she's saying is that non-binary people don't count as women um this is like blown up on on twitter and she's gone on to to say some other things one of them is she said I respect every trans person's right to live any way that feels authentic and comfortable to them. I'd march with you if you were discriminated against on the basis of being trans. At the same time, my life has been shaped by being female. I do not believe it's hateful to say so. So what she's basically saying is, you can be trans, but I grew up a woman. So you saying that you are now a woman, she feels that that detracts from her experience of womanhood. Well, gosh, isn't this whole thing just <sighs> a minefield? You and I, again, as two white men, have found ourselves in a conversation. No, no, no. Look, I don't, look I, can I we don't... all just stay in our lane? Like, why, why does she feel it upon it? Look, the tra- trans community, and correct me if I'm wrong, re- represents such a small percentage of our population. Yeah. Uh, do they want this kind of publicity? Like... I, I think you're totally right. I think you're so right. And and I think you're, uh, firstly, you're right. The whole, like, we're two white guys. What do we have to yeah, say? About yeah, yeah. It? I'm not going to get into the politics. Yeah. I mean, personally, I respect, I, I believe that if a trans person identifies as a man or a woman or whatever, they can be accepted as that. That's my personal beliefs. But I also think, JK Rowling, what are you doing? Like, nobody has even asked her. And it's not something that affects her in any way. Literally, all she's doing is tearing down somebody else's experience. And this kind of comes back to something that we've spoken about before. And it's uh, when we were speaking about Black Lives Matter last week and people who respond to that by saying all lives matter, acknowledging that something is a problem doesn't detract from a problem that you have experienced. So there are problems to do with sexism in the world. And I'm sure that JK Rowling as a female writer has come up against those, but allowing somebody else, the title of a woman doesn't take those away from her. So I just don't understand why people almost like, um, uh, compete over who's had it worse when we can go, yeah, these are both problems. Let's try and fix it all. Yeah. I don't know. Was, yeah. No, I, mate, I, I think you summed it up really well i don't have much to add to that to be perfectly honest like i i agree with you i think look you, you call me a horse if you want i just i as long as you offer me uh the the respect that i would offer any sort of human being uh, and and i will equally give that respect out to any human being in any situation mm. and i'm always open and happy to have an open mind conversation with anyone then you know, I think if if people practiced that a bit more and were a little bit less divisive mm. uh, at this point in time, it would be a good thing for everyone involved. Yeah, like isn't that just the last thing that the world needs right now? There are literally race riots going on around the world. There's COVID. We had bushfires four minutes ago, and now it's I just now we like, can't even read Harry Potter. God. <laughs> The funniest thing is, is if you jump onto JK Rowling's Twitter feed, because she's got a new book out, it's called like The Babadook or something. And she had just done a children's coloring competition about The Babadook. And so her whole Twitter feed is like, great drawing, Daniel, six years old from Essex. Well done, Jemima, 11 years old from wherever. Hey, trans people. It's not. (laughs) (laughs) 
by the way, uh, thought bubble, uh, I want to throw this in. Yeah, she look, it's like I said, now I understand the situation a bit more. Yeah. And yeah, from the sounds of things, what she was saying is is totally, A, totally unnecessary to the conversation and B, just a bit of a weird comment to make. Yeah, um, yeah. But like, uh, yeah, I just, it's wild. And, and to, to think that, Harry Potter is now being retroactively analysed. Is It's really yeah. hard to analyse any text. Like, go back and watch any movie from the... You know what? I watch... Watch Friends. Yeah, Friends exactly. is so homophobic. Oh, God. Give um, American Pie a go. My fiancé and I watched oh, American Pie last Friday. That movie, like, pedestrian.tv would have a field day with that. Hack would have a field day on Triple J with that. <laughs> the entire thing is a bunch of white there's not a single person of colour in that entire no. movie and then it's all homophobic jokes <laughs> yeah yeah don't don't let Triple J find out childhood don't let Triple J find out about Dude Where's My Car I tried to watch oh, that again god. and the whole and then scene oh my god um do you want to know so Daniel Radcliffe just to bring it back Daniel Radcliffe responded um to uh, J.K. Rowling's things. And I want to read this because I, I do think it's important. He said, I realize that certain press outlets will probably want to paint this as infighting between J.K. Rowling and myself, which, P.S., that is exactly how I framed this story. Um, but... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're the... No, Tim, you're the problem. I'm the problem. I'm the problem. Um, but that is really not what it is about, nor is it what is important right now. Uh, while Joe is unquestionably responsible for my course, uh, for the course that my life has taken, as someone who's been honoured to work with and continues to contribute to the Trevor Project, uh, for the last decade, and just as a human being, I feel compelled to say something at this moment. Transgender women are women. Any statement to the contrary erases the identity and dignity of transgender people. So I think that it's important to have his words in this conversation as well, because, um, yeah, I, th- I, th- I think he's totally right. What he didn't say is what you and I started off with, which was J.K. Rowling, stay in your lane. Keep yeah. <laughs> Just write the books, man. You know, try to edu- I don't know. I don't know if I can tell J.K. Rowling to educate herself. She's done a lot more than, me than the guy that can't sit on the toilet at the moment who's sitting on the floor of his, his spare bedroom. <laughs> <laughs> okay, story number three? Yeah, let's do it. Story number three. Channel 7 launches Big Brother. It is back. The turkey slapping TV show has hit our screens. And Nick... I don't care. <laughs> but it's everywhere. So I wanted to talk about it. Have you watched it? Do you care? Um, look, I haven't watched it. Uh, I, uh, funnily enough, spoke to Sonia Kruger today, who's the host. We've been speaking to Mike Goldman uh, uh-huh. all week. He's uh, always interesting. Always an interesting chat with Mike. Um, <laughs> what did Mike know. Goldman... What did Mike Goldman do? What did he say? Why was it interesting? He uh, nothing. He gives no nothing. one anything. And it's just, look, I don't want to go on a mic rant because he's taking the time to chat to me in my job I get paid money to do. Yeah. But he's just, look, it, there's, I can't say I, I'd go out and have breakfast with the guy. I did a gig um, uh, two years ago. I was emceeing um, with my co-host at the time, the Bendigo Business Awards. And uh, Mike Goldman had apparently emceed it the year before. And the brief was, don't be like Mike. <laughs> he bombed it. So, like, apparently everyone hated it. Like, all he did was, like, make regional jokes and be like, where the fuck am I? Like, Look at this shithole. Look at all yeah. you people. 
two-headed yeah. freak. Yeah, that's a really good way to endear, endear yourself to regional Australia. Uh, look, no, I don't care. It rated its bits off, though. Uh, so totally on the Monday night episode, th- like for some weird reason, it was three shows. It was like Big Brother mm-hmm. opening, Big Brother, Big Brother eviction, and all three of those shows outrated uh, whatever the other uh, MasterChef and the other big one, uh-huh. House Rules. So I'm, look, it's it's massive. There's a whole new format. There's a whole different way they've done it. It'll be interesting. It's it's cool. I guess in one respect, it's cool to see an Australian television network spend some serious money on a show because that hasn't happened in a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but it's uh, not it's not ingenuitive because they're they're spending money on a show that they came up with literally over twenty like twenty years ago. Well, and again, yeah. the people that are creating the content are the they would be literally the lowest paid people on that entire set. Like, for example, out of, I don't know if this is common knowledge, but with any reality show, they essentially get paid an industry base, which equates to like, like I've heard, yeah, I've heard 150 bucks a week. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I was, because uh, we interview a lot of the contestants for these shows and I'm not going to name names, but I had, uh, I kind of became like friends-ish with one of the Married at First Sight contestants. And um, she was legitimately messaging saying, do I know any work going? Because she couldn't get anything and she w- had been paid so poorly for the entire experience. She was like on the front cover of Woman's Day. Um, yeah. So look, there's couldn't... a few conversations we could have off this, to be honest. Okay. Um, be, look, first conversation is reality TV in general and the ethos that it is and how interesting it is that it plays into Stuff Andy Warhol was saying 50 years ago uh, around, he's the Andy Warhol, famous artist, the Heinz soup painting. People know who Andy Warhol is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Sorry, I just wanted to set it up. Um, he, he he coined the term 15 minutes of fame. And he was, he was saying that because media is becoming so accessible, and this is even mm. when he was doing this, and because cameras are becoming affordable, at some point, everybody will have a vehicle to make themselves famous. And because of that, fame will mean nothing. And that yeah. is now the reality we're living in. Because these people, like you said, go through this life cycle because they want to become famous. They get paid zero money by the show. And then they get booted off and they assume that that fame is going to lead to further opportunities for money or further opportunities in their career. And, yeah, and it another, well, another season comes out six months later, boom, you're done. You're no longer relevant. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and it's very interesting to see because it used to be that uh, the people that would come off a season would, would, you'd start seeing them popping up doing other things. Um, That was especially the case at the beginning of The Bachelor. Whereas now we've just come off like one of the most turbulent married at first sights. I don't think any of them are doing any. In fact, I was literally just looking at at my Instagram and um, yeah, uh, Alex uh she was the girl with like the european background yeah she's just done a post talking about skin skin co laser hair removal yeah, that's so, really like, they're all doing that's nothing. left for them it's it, it, earning a little bit of money off their instagram is all that's left for them because i think uh radio like i a lot of the time they would go into radio and yeah. southern cross stereo who uh, employ us uh yeah. they often hired a lot of people off reality shows but i think they've worked out there's a big difference between where a television producer working 24-7 can get someone's content 
yeah. and when they're left to have to produce content every a single day. A whole team day of television up. producers yeah. as well. Like like literally probably 50 people crafting storylines and putting some random dude in the middle of it as compared to, hey, we need you to come up with 18 stories for tomorrow. My advice to anyone who is thinking of going on a reality show and if you are listening mm-hmm. and you're thinking of putting in an application would be 100% do not do it. Do not do it in any way whatsoever. There are other avenues for you to fulfill that need or that want because you have no ownership over how you are displayed as a human being. And mm. do not think you can outsmart these people who have been doing this for 15 years and are ruthless. In saying that, I would go on Amazing Race. I know you would. I know you would <laughs> it go would on Amazing Race. Fun, right? Amazing Race is different. You'd I go on Amazing Race, a, right? Yeah, I'd, look, uh, yeah. I would. There's a few reality shows. Oh, not see if you if season one of Big Brother, I'd go on it. Season yeah. one or season two, when it literally was people sitting around. No, you house. can't go back in time. You can't go back in time. It's today. No, exactly. There's there's okay. yeah. There's it, look. There's not much left to be gained from reality TV. It's now a formula, and it's a life cycle, and it's very publicly well known. Okay, you and I have both said that we're not watching Big Brother. If there's if there's anybody else hanging out going, yeah, I don't care about Big Brother. Do you do you have a reality TV recommendation? Because I've been finding some great weird stuff. Oh really? Look, there is one reality show that's been my favorite show since it came out, uh, which is was it? like 2002 or 2003, and it's called Frontier House. And essentially, what happened was. They got a bunch of uh, American family units, so different types of family units uh, over mm-hmm. in America, and they dropped them off in the like American New Mexico desert and left them there for a year, and they had to build their lives as if they were frontiers people. And Why? so... Uh, Why would like, you sign up for this? Oh, uh, well, look, one family was like a really wealthy family and they're like, look, we just want to, I think they wanted publicity more than anything, but also to uh-huh. challenge themselves. They were in between some stuff. Another guy was a historian, so he wanted to go through that experience. Another guy was a teacher, so he wanted to uh-huh. live it. And they literally, like this was when reality TV was reality. And it's always real, it yeah. ruthless and it was hardcore and it's awesome. There's only like six episodes. You can get it on YouTube still. Uh, I've started rewatching it with my fiance Jazz a couple of weeks ago. And then they tried to, the best part about all this story is they tried to recreate it in England uh, and uh, they sent them to the Swedish wilderness to live as like a Norseman that had landed in Scotland way back in the Viking days to survive. And the show bombed after two episodes. They cancelled the show and didn't tell the cast. So the cast oh. lived out the rest of it. Oh, <laughs> I remember hearing about it. <laughs> it's the best story ever. So they lived out the whole year as these piss poor fucking people that had nothing. In the and, wilderness. In the wilderness and got back oh. to the UK and everyone was <laughs> They like they gained nothing from the whole experience, and it was never televised or even filmed. Wow, I love that. I love that story. Yeah, it's my favorite story of <laughs> it all. It really time. goes. I think you know that's almost like the Hansel and Gretel. It's like it's the, that's the children's moral edition of don't go on a reality show because yeah. exactly your point of you don't know what they're going to do with it. They could just forget about it altogether. And what have you? You've given up a year and lived in the wilderness like an idiot, drinking your own <laughs> piss for twelve months, freezing <laughs> your ass off in Sweden. <laughs> <laughs> 
All right. I reckon we should leave that there. That's another episode of Off Air with Nick Stewart and me, Tim Rubin. Uh, If you want to get in touch, we've got a Facebook page. Uh, It's at Off Air. You can listen to this on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, pretty much anywhere where where you'd find podcasts. Thanks for having a listen. Bye. Five stars, five stars, baby. (laughs) Ha <laughs> ha.